dice out now. Game. Game. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Checha. I'll be your DM for tonight, and the players with me tonight are Jan. Greetings. Kara. Cheers. Richard. Hey. And Dia. We record so far in advance that it's probably way out, but it's Pride Month, y'all. Hey, it's Pride Month. Hey. Hey, Pride Month 2022. Yes. <laughs> so, hey. It's been a while since we recorded, and like, you know, I was, I was thinking about what happened last week and last time we recorded, and unfortunately it was today when I was at the doctor's uh, giving a blood sample, and I think that when they took my blood, they also took that memory with me, so <laughs> could somebody please remind me what we did last time? Well, it's, uh, it, since it's 4,000 years since we last played, Herman panicked when he saw us and fell over in an unexplained haze of petals and butterflies. Daniel didn't even notice him and just goes to get a drink and sits down at a table. Casney got flustered when Dawn handed him a drink with his tail. Uh, Decla tried to distract Daniel while Darren spoke to Herman. He pretends to be interested in getting into the same business as Herman. Herman notices Darren has a copper ring that he says is a symbol of a gang called the Cuss. Casney tries to help Decla distract Daniel and it doesn't go well. And Daniel once again reminds us of how much of an absolute shit he is. <laughs> Kasny abandons this pursuit and asks for Dawn's opinion as to whether he should inquire with Herman about his extra cargo. Uh, he thinks it's a good idea, so Kasny approaches Herman. It turns out that not only did he not know what was in the barrel, but that we had made him take it. As Kasny is about to return to Dawn, a man enters the pub and asks Herman for help. The man, Abram, tells of his son, Domin, who went off into the woods, only to collapse into unconsciousness as soon as he returned. Darren volunteered his imaginary friend, George the Cleric, who, for some reason, Herman can also see. Casney, who remained nearby, offered help, and he extracted Decla from Daniel, much to her relief, before the whole party and Herman, and possibly George, followed Abram to his farm. Kasny checked over the boy and discovered a puncture wound on his hand that strongly resembles an injection site. The party realise he's in a drugged sleep that only a specific antidote or a move curse spell can heal him from. Kasny used healing word on the boy to make him more comfortable. Abram tells us that his daughter, Adela, was with the boy when he got hurt, but we decide not to wake her. We uh, instead decide to sleep the night in Abram's barn, all except Dawn, who uh, decides to return to the tavern, ostensibly to keep an eye on Daniel, but really because he's too picky to sleep in a barn. Oh, so that's what happened. Cool. A small detail, it's not really a drugged sleep, it's more of a magic sleep, but... Ah, uh, right. I mean, magic would be a pretty crazy drug. Truth. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um. My guy always asks me if I want to feel the magic. So, Dawn, you return to the tavern, it's late at night. And as you come in through the front door, tell me, what do you see? Dawn sweeps in, no regard for the time of night and maybe waking someone, and then stops and blinks slowly 
to find the tavern entirely full of wildlife. There are chickens, there are goats, there are pigs, and as he surveys the room, it seems quite shut down. Daniel is slumped over a table, snoozing away, and a goat is just slowly chewing on the hair that falls down over his face. Is there anyone else in the room, or is it just Daniel? George! I don't know George. <laughs> yeah, you can't see George. That doesn't mean he's not there. I mean, true. Creepy. Dawn sort of shrugs. It's been a weird and long day, and he's petty enough to not shoo the goat away from Daniel's hair. So he's going to go find an empty room and crash out in there for a few hours. So uh, there isn't the bartender. That's what I was asking mostly. No, I figured it was late enough that probably, if not closed, then at least shut down. Did you have to pick the lock to get in? No, it was open. Okay, I might have to pick the lock to get a room, though. Yeah, um, roll me for that. Roll me, roll me, roll me, just whatever, odds or evens. Eleven. Odds. The room is closed, is, uh, is uh, locked. I mean, I have thieves tools. Nothing's really locked. I mean, go for it. Um, What's it done off of? Is it sleight of hand or stealth? It's thieves tools, it's tools check. But anyway, yeah, as you're... As you walk through the tavern to uh, go up the stairs, a bunch of chickens uh, swarm you and start pecking at you and... They die. (laughs) Any chicken coming near me with those vicious beaks is getting eviscerated by my claws before it can ruin my clothes. Roll me an unarmed attack. I mean, I have claws. It's not unarmed. They're going to die. Okay, you get a a four. You you should have stats for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Don't worry. Okay. 19. Yeah, you just hear a loud cluck and you slash the chicken and it turns into a halfling and blood is pouring from uh, his chest. And he's like, what the fuck did you do that? You monster. <laughs> Don sort of studies him, squints at him, and just goes, are you real? Yeah, you see a naked halfling in front of you. <laughs> cluck, cluck, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Dawn just shakes his head, turns around, and goes upstairs. Like, what? <laughs> uh, while he heads upstairs, he's going to make an arcana check to f- see if he can figure out what's going on. You're just gonna leave the bleeding man out there? Yeah, I don't give it. It's not like a deep gash, you know, it's just... Do you really think Dawn cares? Mm, good point. Um, my arcana check is... Uh, natural one, so no... <laughs> No, there's some weird shit going on there. Yeah, just just let me get a solid night's sleep. It'll be fine. Like, halfling chickens, what what the hell? Yeah, Dawn breaks into one of the rooms and uh, make sure he's empty. And you know what, just, just roll me tools check just to see, you know, if... So, proficiency, I think, and I think you use your decks. Okay, so that's plus 7, 14, 21. Yeah, no, no, no problem. It was more to see if, like, you roll a one and, you know. No, you no, no problem. You open the door, you crash face first into a bed and you sleep until morning. I lock the door behind me before I crash out. Yeah, you lock the door behind you. Um. Yeah, and you sleep. You lock the door and you sleep for the rest of the night. Uh, what was the tavern called, by the way? It's called Matias Tavern. Is that the barkeep's name? Yes. Matia. M-A-T-I-J-A, yeah. But the J is the Y like in Jan. Jan is spelled with a J? (laughs) 
So, uh, when would Don wake up? Would he try to wake up early or would he go late? Or uh, No, he would try and wake up early and get out the room before anyone really notices he's there. Yeah, so you manage to wake up pretty early. You hear some roosters crowing and you wake up and you go downstairs and um, there's no animals there, but Daniel is and his clothes are sort of tattered a bit and he's still passed out. I leave him. Like, I know where he is. He's safe. He's not going anywhere. I leave a note for the bartender whenever anyone gets up to get breakfast to Daniel, charged on his tab. Of course. And to tell him we will be back, what, midday-ish? Yeah, sure, midday. Okay, that's very optimistic. It's to stop him coming looking for us, right? It just to give us some peace and quiet. All right. Yeah, if you say you're going to be back by midday, it means he's not going to start looking for you until at least sort of two o'clock. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and then I make my way off to the farmhouse that we were previously there. There isn't, like, any blood or anything lying around near the spot where I slashed the halfling slash chicken. Roll, roll me perception. Uh, perception, 17 plus 4, 21. You see some drops there, yeah. It's not like a puddle of blood because you didn't cut him a lot, but yeah, you, there, if you pay attention, there are a few drops there. Um, I extend my claws, are they still bloodstained? Not really. Hmm. Dawn is quite fastidious with his washing. Hmm. But there's no, like, feathers or animal shit that you would expect from a tavern being full of wildlife. No? Hmm. Anyways, you make your way towards the farmhouse. Yes. So, meanwhile at the farmhouse, all of you were asleep in the barn, and at some ungodly hour of the morning, the rooster starts crowing, and we're all woken up. Abram comes to the barn to wake you all up, uh, calls you to breakfast. Eh, it wouldn't be ungodly hour, it would be like sunrise. Dawn would hope to get there for breakfast. Yeah, Dawn's not there for breakfast. No, <laughs> that's terrible. Take those away. Yeah, I already did her yoga. Not yet. She's just starting. Okay, so yeah, you're in the middle of your yoga routine when Abram comes to you, call you to breakfast. He looks a bit weird at you, but just shrugs and uh, moves on wait, to wake the other two up. And yeah, a few minutes later, you're uh, you're back in the house, you're back in the kitchen. I request bacon. Oh, he's quite poor. He might not have bacon. Yeah, there's no, there's no bacon. There's eggs, there's fresh bread. Yeah, it's not that fresh. Is it that kind of gravelly bread? That... No, it's quite good, actually. Does he have a can of Heinz baked beans? No. I'll have some breakfast and leave a copper on the table. Yeah, and as you're eating breakfast, Herman uh, sort of lumbers through the door, still all sleepy and groggy, and he just plops down on the bench next to Darren. Because it's uh, the kind of table, you know, it's uh, next to the wall and there's a bench at the wall and there's a few few chairs on the other side. So, yeah. Cannon plops down on the bench next to Darren. How are you doing, boy? Got any sleep? Yeah, uh, I slept. I slept very well, thank you. And thank you for the breakfast, too. Hmm. So, have you all figured out yet what's going on? Well, we know as much as we knew yesterday. Hmm. We um we were hoping to talk uh to your daughter Adela this morning. Uh see if she uh might have 
noticed anything in particular, or maybe she could show us if uh, she knows at all where it precisely it is that uh, that they went. Yeah, and um, Abram's wife Lisa, uh, she she's there with you in the kitchen. She's she said the breakfast for you, and she's. Yes, yes. Uh, the girls should be downstairs soon. Um, I just sent Abern to wake them up. I do. I do hope you can figure out what happened. It's oh, look here they are, and um, the two girls come through the door. They both look about ten-ish. One is a bit older. One is a bit younger. The younger one sees Darren, and she just stares at him, and she's like, "You have red hair." Why? Yes, I do. Can you do magic? Because there was a magician in town last winter, and he had red hair, and he could, like, make fire, and he could make the fire dance, and he grew an entire eye on his forehead. Can you do that? (laughs) I uh, want to cast Prestidigitation to make my eyes glow. Her jaw just drops, and stars appear in her eyes, and, like, figurative stars appear in her eyes, and she squeals, and she pushes between Herman and you, and she says, Oh, do that again, do that again! And her mother's like, Amelia, please, come, calm down, don't, don't bother our guest. I uh, make my eyes glow in different colors. And she, she squeals excited again, and the, the other girl, she's a bit old, she's a few years older than her, and uh, she's got sort of black hair, and she just sort of sits um, at the end of the table, sort of um, dejected, barely touches her food. Uh, her mother says, well, Adela, this uh, people wanted to ask you a few questions, if, if you think. It's like, yeah, whatever. Did you go far into the woods when you uh, when you went the other day? No, I, I don't go far, like, do you remember your brother um, scratching or cutting himself or anything? Like, did you hear him shout out uh, in pain like he pricked himself on a thorn? I mean, oh, you were talking about the thing where he... I didn't actually go with him this, that day. I was I was busy. I, ha- I had other things to do, but I go, I go with him sometimes. But, you know, he goes deeper and deeper keeper and I'm it's it's scary in there you know there's snakes in there and like I don't know but he didn't mind because I I think it's because he can't hear all the noises what do you mean he can't hear all the noises well I mean and Herma cuts in he can't hear he he's deaf oh he's deaf we didn't know that before right I'm not sure that's pertinent but it could be when he was born the winter was very rough and uh he got very sick and his ears stopped working then and he's been that way ever since. But, you know, we we sent for a local cleric and we learned how to talk to him. But yes, he can he cannot hear us. So And Adele's like, Well, yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't know why that's important, but like it's a scary forest, but he kept going in there and like he only found like a building deep in the woods. I like, do you by any chance know where it is? Um, could you show us? I I don't think I could. If you take us, we will protect you. You don't need to be scared. I've never been there. I he said it's like he went like north until he hit a stream, and then he followed that to the east, and then he, then there was the building. And oh yeah, he he brought back actually a brick or something, and it was like a marking on it. Um. 
It was like a sun, kind of like that. Hold up. And she points uh, in Declan's direction. She says, "Hold up, I'll I'll go I'll go get it. I have it in my room." And she um, runs off. Declan raises an eyebrow. Yeah, and her mother looks after her like a, a brick. Adele, you didn't tell me about this. Ugh. Children. Certainly possible for us to go after this trail, follow it, see where it leads. And meanwhile, the younger daughter is uh, still pestering Darren. Oh, show me another trick. Show me another trick. Uh, yeah, I I would just entertain her with harmless stuff, small tricks that I can do. Not to be outdone, Kasni gets a, a cup of water and turns it into a. a, a he f- shapes it into the form of a horse and then freezes it and give it gives it to the little girl. Now it will only last for an hour. But here, and she just <gasps> oh, you're blue. Why are you blue? I was born blue. I have always been this color. And her mother says, "Adele, you can't just ask people why they're blue." <laughs> I will pull off increasingly more complicated and crazy tricks to uh, trump um, Kasni. <laughs> Choice of words. But yeah, now she's mesmerized by the blue man. The blue man with weird hair. Kasni runs his fingers through his hair and it sort of moves in a weird way like it's underwater. Yeah, and like early morning sun shines through the windows and it hits your hair in a way where it sparkles a little bit. And her eyes just go wide. And yeah, Darren, no prestidigitation can achieve that uh, level of... Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Hold on. Are you gonna waste a spell slot on this? Hold on. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to do two things. <laughs> At first, uh, first I want to cast prestidigitation on Kasni to <laughs> to soil him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In what way? <laughs> I want to make his hair muddy. And I don't have to roll for it, it just happens. Isn't that fun? And then. Kasni, Kasni walks to the. Okay. Okay. Before you notice, (laughs) I want to cast sleep on you. (laughs) Sleep on? Uh huh. On who? On On Kasni, of course. (laughs) Sleep is a 50 foot (laughs) radius spell, isn't it? Isn't it an AoE? Yeah, yeah, it's an AOE. I, I'm not sure how exactly it works. Wait, is it an AOE? Yeah, it starts with the uh, creature with the lowest hit points. Oh, it is. Yes. Damn. So you just knock the kids out, and then one by one from going. Yeah. Through. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Then I could do acid splash. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> No, wait. Okay, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, he's a water genasi, he's resistant to it. That's true, I am. Do I want to burn a level 2 spell slot to cast mirror image? Because that would be impressive as shit. Up to you. No, that's too much. I'm not gonna do it's it. It's up to you. Not gonna do it. Wait, I have two, it- right? I have two. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna cast mirror image. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy right now. How does it work again? Do I have to roll anything or is it something that just happens? Uh, yeah, I, I do that. <laughs> Three Darrens pop out next to you, sitting at a few other chairs at the table. Roll me a performance. Uh, 
What spell? What spell is that you're using? Uh, it's mirror image. Kasni also casts mirror image. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna to gain the favor of an eight-year-old child. This is why you need Dawn around to keep this under the table and be superior to both of them. This room is just gonna be full of a load of idiotic duplicates. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll performance to just do fun stuff like I don't know, acrobatic stuff with my mirror images. <laughs> and I rolled a fourteen plus six, so that's a twenty for performance. Uh-huh. Uh Kasni, you do a mirror image as well, do you? Yep. And there are several Kasnis. And Uh-huh. You you roll me a performance as well. Oh no, I'm not good at that. My mirror images are like doing somersaults and shit. My performance roll is 13. Shouldn't your mirror images now fight? I don't think you can have your mirror images do that. I think they do what you do. Yes, they mimic your actions. Yeah, so they're they're sitting on the bench next to you and on the chairs around the table. Okay, I have a plus two in acrobatics. Let me see if Darren can do a backflip. (laughs) That's a 13 plus two. That's a 15. Does a 15 allow me to do a backflip? You can do like a cartwheel. And remember that I also wrote real high for performance, so that, that's got to play into it. Yeah, yeah, and the girl's attention shifts from Cassidy to you for a full five seconds before Dawn walks in. <laughs> All of the duplicates wave at Dawn and give him a wink. Dawn immediately joins in, because why wouldn't he? Um, except it's like... He's He's been a cat, and he's just rolled himself into glitter. Ah, yes. And the girl's attention immediately darts to you, and her eyes just go eyes, and she asks, Kitty! Dawn gives a self-satisfied smirk and just goes, If you've quite finished. Uh, c- can we still, um, by the way, <laughs> uh, talk about how every single one of Kazni's mirror images has a soiled face? <laughs> Oh, I didn't get around to it, but Kasni was going to cast Create or Destroy Water to create some water and then use Shape Water to clean it all off and then use Shape Water again to dump all the muddy water onto Darren. (laughs) Wow. Yes! Decla's just fucking leaving. She's just done. Okay, Don just walked in and Darren... Actually, Cassidy, you have to roll to see if you hit Darren or one of his mirror images. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, right, what, what am I rolling? Is it perception? Uh, uh, what's the spell? Mirror image. Oh, God, yes, it's a thing, isn't it? There's a mirror image. What, what does it say? Each time a creature targets you with an attack during the spell's duration, roll a d20 to determine whether the attack... Instead, hits targets of one of your duplicates. If you have three duplicates, you must roll a six or higher to change the attack's target to a duplicate. With two duplicates, you must roll an eight or higher, and with one duplicate, you must roll eleven or higher. Oh, so it's him that needs to roll. Okay, Jan, roll. D20? Yes. Yeah, roll D twenty. You see that the splash of muddy water is coming your way. You need to roll a six or higher, basically. I got a 14. Yeah, a splash of water hits one of Darren's duplicates in the face and... It's immediately destroyed. It's immediately destroyed, and behind him happened to be standing Abram. Uh-oh. So the water hits Abram in the face. Kazni uses shape water to pull the water, the muddy water, off Abram and uh, deposit it in a bucket or whatever container he can find around. If there's like a mop bucket or something. And he just says, What the seven hells 
is going on here? I do apologise. We got a bit rowdy entertaining your daughter. He just says, Ugh. And at that point, Adela comes back. I use Mage Hand to tie both Kazni and Darren's laces together while they're talking. <laughs> I use Mage Hand to pick up that bucket and dump it over Dawn. <laughs> Dawn's gonna do this stealthily, so you might not know it's happened. I roll perception to see if I can. Oh, okay, sure. Roll your perception against my stealth. Let's go. No, it's sleight of hand. Uh, okay. I got a, I got an eighteen perception. I have twenty-four sleight of hand. Damn it. Okay, then I don't see it happening, and I don't dump the bucket over you. Yeah, you can't beat uh, Dawn at anything because. All his skills are obscenely high. No, you just can't beat him at stealth. Or sleight of hand, or all the other things he has expertise in. And I rolled a 22 for Kazni, if Kazni wants to perceive. I don't think he'd be perceiving because he's talking to Abram. Excellent. Uh, and then I'll just catch uh, Abram's daughter's eye and wink at her. The younger one or the older one? The one that was fascinated with me. Yeah, the younger one. Uh, and give her a uh, grin. Yeah, she she just giggles. Okay, did the did the older one who was just like moping around? Did we manage to cheer her up as well, just a little bit? She was out of the room for most of this. Ah, right, I forgot. Yeah, and she comes back, and it's like that gif of community, you know, where Troy comes back with pizzas and everything's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's kind of like that. She walks in and she sees everything going on. She sees there's like three Darrens and four Cassnies, and there's a cat here. Like a giant sparkly cat? There is only one dawn. And I sort of brush my hand across my coat. Yeah, there's one glittery giant cat there, and she just stops dead in her tracks, looks at her father, looks at her mother, and her father's less like, Oh yes, Adela, what do you have there? She's like, A brick? I went to pick it up to show these people. Look, it has a symbol on it. Importance is very careful, yes. Um... Dawn holds his hand out. Uh, Adela, may I uh, examine the brick? I mean, sure. Look, it has a symbol on it. It's the same one as on her hand. And she points at Decla again. Does Dawn know what this symbol represents? It's a sun. It looks like a sun. Yeah, she 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 sits back at the at the end of the table and she she sort of shows it. Around and she actually reaches over to Decla and she says, "Look, it's it's the same as the th- the one you have on your hand." Is it same? Yeah. Hmm. Where did you get this from? Dawn asks. My brother brought it back one time from one of his explorations. Did he tell you where he got it specifically? Yeah, I already told him. It's from that building. I I wasn't here. Sorry. Lots and then follow a stream. Yeah, exactly. Definitely warrants further investigation. Most certainly. Dawn's eyes sort of light up at the prospect of uh, digging through a room. <laughs> Once companions have decided to stop entertaining children with magical antics. Yeah, Dekla's just been sitting there sipping tea. Yeah. Just shaking her head the whole time. Why? Why, gods? Why hast thou forsaken me? Dawn looks over at Dekla and says, What's the relevance of the sun. Is it a marking of your order? I mean, I suppose you could call it that. It's the symbol of the Temple of the Sun. Although it's in the mountain, it's like hundreds of miles away. Are there more than one? Maybe an old outpost that could be in this forest? I'm not a historian. I have no idea. 
Dawnlam remembers that he is. Uh, can I roll my history? <laughs> roll, but it's going to have to be pretty high. Uh, 15 plus 3 is 18. I mean, there are some temples who have outposts, but like, there's no way of knowing if this would be one of them. Mm-hmm. But the Temple of the Sun, historically, it had outposts? You don't know. Okay. I mean, where better for a Temple of the Sun than in the mountains? As close as you can get. Makes sense to me. Should we go exploring? That sounds good. You guys done fooling around? Dawn adopts a look of innocence. Yes, Kazni is also straightening himself up now, and uh, has has Darren dismissed his clones? Uh, yeah, by now they would be gone, yeah. Oh yeah, only last one minute. Okay, yes, the clones are gone. I mean, it was either that or Degla starts playing whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just randomly punch Darren's in the face. Yeah, Kazni stra- has straightened himself up and looks and looks much more... Presentable. Yeah, presentable. It looks, it looks almost respectable. And at this point, Dawn, you have a cling on your arm. I have a Klingon. Yes, the little girl. I look down at the small human child. Yeah, and she, she, she's just looking up at you, beaming. Well, you're certainly not coming with us. And her face just drops. Kasni uh, takes note of his lack of tact and sort of... I'm afraid it, it might be quite dangerous. Uh, you know, your, your brother was injured, uh, and we, we, we would feel dreadful if you also got injured. Imagine how your parents would feel if... You also, if you also ended up asleep. But I'm a, I'm a big girl. I can, I can look at, I'll be fine. I'm a big girl. I mean, you, yes, clearly you are, but, uh, I, I feel like it might be better off if you're here looking after your dad, because he seems quite sad. Look at him. He looks very sad, I think. Yeah, your mum and dad, they look, they look ever so sad. I, I think they would feel much happier if you were here to help, you know, make them feel better. They, they, they obviously, they obviously, very worried, and I think that you would be you would be very good at uh, making them feel better. And uh, her mother is like Amelia. Listen to the man; he's right. You know, we we need you here. We need you home with us. And she's just like, okay, I guess. And she just drops you and just kind of walks off, like real sad. She goes and hugs her mom. Does she still have the uh, the horse I made her? Yeah, yeah, she she's holding the horse in one hand, and she's gonna be real sad when it melts <laughs> in an hour. I was about to say that's quite a cruel gift to give a child. Well, I did warn her that it was going to melt in an hour. Yeah, I think she forgot already. <laughs> she she was too excited by everything going on. <laughs> oh well, just evaporate it shortly before you leave. I could. Oh no! Where did it go? <laughs> I could melt the ice and then make it gallop off. Hmm. I do this. I melt the ice and make the little horse gallop off and jump into a... Yeah, Would it be better to have it galloping through the door or to jump into a bucket of water or something? Well, you've already got a bucket of dirty water. Yeah, have it jump in there. Yeah, I I was going to have it gallop through the door, but yeah, I'll have it gallop to the bucket of water and jump in. I can't make it make noises, can I? That's a shame. Um, Do I? What do I have? You can make it go splash. Water horse goes blub. Yeah, it'll just... (laughs) Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, the horse runs out from her hands and uh, jumps into the bucket of the water and she's like, wait, horsey, no! And she runs after it and she runs to the bucket and she's like, he... he left me. <laughs> <laughs> I give Kazni a hard look. 
He's gone off. He's gone off to go with be with his friends. But I was his friend. But he has family, and he wanted to go see them. He was missing his parents. Amelia, I'm sure we can find you something else outside. Do you want to come with me? I was absolutely going to find her something while we were while we were out. And Dawn leads her towards the door and turns and says, You coming? Are we taking the small child on our dangerous adventure now? No, we're going outside to find her something nice. Okay, I will go then. Okay, does Darren come with? Yes. Yeah, but Amelia doesn't. No, no, no. What I need is, do they both fall over? The people whose laces I tied to. Ah, yeah, I just... Re- oh, shit. <laughs> I just remembered. Yep, Darren falls on his face. Yeah, they do. Okay, Dawn is then going to quickly use Minor Illusion to swap their faces before they stand up again. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's terrifying. Okay. Yeah. And I leave Amelia with that last trick. Yeah, Amelia doesn't see it because she's too distraught looking at the bucket. <laughs> Dawn shakes his head that his genius is never appreciated in its own time. And like you, you hear, like you, you do hear chuckles from Adela, who was pretty glum. That's a win. Yeah, that's what you wanted. Come on, we have a r- broken temple to find. Ooh, exciting. How does Decla react to all of this? Meh. Meh. Just get out of here. Ignore the crazy magic which is pretty much everyone. magic boys. Yeah, so you finish your... Ooh, yes, is there any breakfast left? Oh no, unfortunately, it's all gone. Damn. Like, there's two growing kids and an old dwarf, and like, you know... No, it's all gone. I would like to ask Don. Uh, hey, by the way, how's uh, how's our friend Daniel doing? Did he die yet? Don sort of snaps his fingers as if remembering. Ah, good you asked. I'd completely forgot. Well, not forgotten, but it was it was very strange. Um, Daniel is alive. Daniel is passed out on a table. Um, I didn't want to disturb him. You understand? Of course. So something really weird happened when I got back. So I got back. I went in. They were shutting down, and the whole place was full of cattle, and chickens, and it was very strange. And then, as I was going up to my room, I heard all these chickens start to cluck, and like I was very worried for my clothes, so of course I had to kill them. And then struck out at one with my clothes. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You had to kill them? Have you seen what beaks can do to cloth? It, it's... It's chicken, right? It's holes, my friend. Uh, okay, I'm... You do you, man. That's weird, but carry on. Dom blinks and then realizes what Darren's wearing and sort of shrugs and goes, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and goes, so So as I um, struck out to valiantly defend my coat, um, it turned into a halfling and there were bloody gashes across its chest. So you killed... You killed someone, is what you're saying. I didn't kill anybody. It was barely a scratch. Did you... The important thing here is that a chicken changed into a halfling. <laughs> so what happened to the halfling? I don't know. I was very confused. I went to bed. You, you went... It seems to have all gone away in the morning. Okay, so let me get this straight. You physically assaulted someone, saw that they were bleeding, and then you went to bed. Dawn looks slightly nonplussed at Darren. I will look at you for like a full ten seconds before I realize that you're not going to answer. And then I'm just going to shake my head and walk away and make a mental note to put 
holes in your coat sometime when you're not watching. <laughs> As Darren's walking away, Dawn's just lifting his hands and being like, what? What? <laughs> Have we left yet, by the way? Uh, you're just walking out now. Before we leave, I want to go over to Amelia, pat her on the shoulder and reverse pickpocket a wooden bracelet that I have in my inventory uh, into her pocket. Yeah, okay, roll, roll sleight of hand. Natural 20! Yeah! <laughs> then we leave. Then you leave. Okay, so you leave the farm, you head north. Uh, the sun is hitting you in the face from the east because it's maybe an hour, hour and a half after sunrise. So your track leads you through the bit of field that uh, constitute the farm, past the pasture of sheep, and up to the forest. Now, on the edge of the forest, it's pretty tightly packed bushes, because at the edge of the forest, there's more sun and they can grow. And it's kind of difficult to push past them, but as you look for a suitable way to push through, you find... Uh, sort of path already walked through. You think that's probably where Dolman was going into the forest. Ah, um, so we if we found his point of entry, uh, do we have any trackers among our group? Decla? I can do a bit of tracking. It might be easier to follow his route than find our own. True. I mean, I can also use the orbit navigation since that points directly in the way we want to go. Ah, uh, it does. It does. So I can do both at the same time, I guess. Yeah. If you use the orb of uh, direction, you can get an advantage on the check. Survival check. Well, that's not great on either of those. But the seven is better than the six. So that is uh, 11 total. 11. You follow from the entry point that you found and you follow it a couple hundred meters into the woods, but then at a certain point you just lose the track. So... Well, if we know we have to keep going north until we hit a river, then follow the orb. As we walk, Dawn will be asking his other magically companions, could it be something to do with the tavern? Because we saw the dwarf burst into petals and whatever it was. Somebody said they knew... Uh, was it Was it Darren recognised the petal thing, I believe? Um... Yeah, he did. Yeah, it happened. it happened to him when he was like teenager. Does he know anything about it? And will he share such information? I mean, would he know? I don't know. <laughs> Part of my backstory is that Darren doesn't really know anything about his magical origins, so I don't think he would be... He doesn't really know much about the outside world or about himself. Uh, so that's unrelated, but we wouldn't know it's unrelated. Yeah. Yeah, Cassini turns to Dawn. Is that, if that um, chicken that you... Uh... Uh, that you attacked turned into a halfling. Perhaps all the animals in there were just other customers of the tavern that, that had somehow turned into animals. I prefer the term valiantly defending, but yes, you have a point, maybe. You cannot valiantly defend yourself from a regular chicken. I mean, yes, a chicken could damage your clothes, but I don't think that can class be classed as valiant defending. My clothes are helpless. <laughs> My clothes are innocent. Your clothes are lovely, but oh, thank you. really, really, I, I, I have to say, valiantly defended is uh, going a little far, don't you think? 
There were a lot of chickens. Yeah, and Dawn, as you're walking through the forest, uh, your coat uh, snags on a brush and uh, rips a little bit. Yes. (laughs) So it needs to take that mending country. I have it. I was about to offer. Um, (laughs) Assuming Dawn notices that, does he notice? Um, He's probably paranoid enough about it being in a forest. Yeah, roll me, roll me perception with advantage, because you are very paranoid about your clothes. But anyway, what is Don wearing on this uh, forest trek? Well, he didn't know about the forest trek beforehand, so he's probably wearing his usual... Um... His? Has he changed? He must have changed. He would never appear tw- twice in the same outfit. He wouldn't wear the same outfit two days in a row. God, <laughs> good no, God. No, absolutely. Dawn is wearing a long yellow brocaded coat with a ruffled green shirt and black leggings. Okay. Very ostentatious. Yes, very ostentatious. And black boots. Mm -hmm. And his turban. Yes, the turban is always there. He's not wearing his glasses at the moment. Anyway, um... Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Kalsni is gonna be slightly behind Dawn for no reason at all. <laughs> no, not at all. There's a um, slit up the back of the coat to accommodate the tail, uh, yes. and it sort of just folds around it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so um, so so Kalsni will uh, uh, will um, say uh, as Dawn w- presumably stops to investigate the damage. Kalsni uh, Kalsni will walk over to him and say, "May I?" And may I? Yes, you may. Kasni helps him out of his uh, out of his jacket and folds it in such a way that the uh, that the little tear is outwards so that he can see it, and he casts mending on it. Okay. Darren rolls his eyes. Dawn reverently strokes his mended coat. <laughs> uh, one hand goes under to the hand that holds that Kasni's holding his coat in. The other one goes on top, and he looks deep into his eyes and says, "Thank you. You are a great person." And takes the coat back. <laughs> wow. Dawn doesn't put the coat back on as it's been demonstrated that things can catch in it and ruin it. So he's going to fold it carefully and probably carry it. Okay. As you're walking and carrying it, roll me a d20. Oh, God. 14. Da, da, da. 14? Okay. You continue walking and you're walking through the woods and there's no really a trail made. So it's taking you a while. You know, because there's all the undergrowth and you have to be careful where you step. Uh, Dawn gets a bit impatient as the people not acclimatized to a heavily forested environment slow him down. I mean, he's a city kitty, so... He is, but he did grow up in a jungle, remember? In a city? A city in a jungle, fair. I mean, it's still a city. Still wide streets and buildings. Not really underbrush. Mm. You have a valid point. He just had monkeys instead of pitch. Like, it's possible that he was, like, uh, going outside to run through the jungle. Well, I, I figure that, like, most tabaxi kits are expected to run through the jungle at some point. Yeah, okay. I feel like Darren would be fine. He's not used to forests, but he's used to, like, not really caring about... I would say that Darren is extremely not fine. If anyone would be fine here, it would be Decla. Decla will definitely be fine. But I mean, Darren is used to, like, maneuvering through crowds of people and... Through paved streets with ordered... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
The only familiarity Darren has is he's used to being around a large amount of wood. Uh, occasionally, maybe. You you don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. I haven't my mind up yet. Casney lived on a farm growing up, so he's like used to nature to a degree. To a degree. I mean, he's not like he's not like a deep woods kind of person, but he has plus four in survival, plus four in animal handling. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'd say the area where you grew up wasn't like heavily forested, but you know, you spend you spend your days running around, so you know you. Dawn, Dawn might not have just cause, but he's getting impatient anyway because he wants to find the ruins. It's kind of sad that Casney has as good survival as Declan, despite not being proficient. No, I just have a lot of wisdom. Casney is wise as fuck. Declan just has terrible sense. Yeah, Don's getting impatient and he nags you on, but like, there's not really much you can do, you know, it's a forest and you keep going north, but there's like all these trees in your way, like, you know, it's, you can only go at a certain speed. I've never seen so many trees in my life. No, you haven't. I say out loud. (laughs) (coughs) It's fine, it's fine, it's just what most of the continent is coated with. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we went through trees. To get to the, the bandit camp as well, I mean... Yeah, but on. it wasn't this many trees. You also went through trees to find the the tree that made the lavender dust. Yeah, but it wasn't this many trees. It was a comparable quantity of trees. Yeah, no, it's a lot of trees, and they're big and wide, and there's this weird sort of rustling noise, and a light wind is blowing through the trees, and it, the leaves rustle, but you don't actually hear any birds or anything. You don't hear much of anything, much wildlife. Just this weird rustling noise. Darren would definitely not notice this because he hasn't been in forests for long enough to know what they really sound like. (laughs) No, but Decla, you probably would notice that because your wisdom is not that high, your perception is not that high, so it probably would take a while, but you know, you've been walking through this forest for like an hour now? Hour and a half? And... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Quiet. Declan's gonna say nothing. Just kind of go, hmm, and then continue on. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, Declan? It's... It's quiet. <laughs> Too quiet. <laughs> Ever since that thing with the coat happened... And Darren rolled his eyes at uh, Kazni's and um, Dawn's antics. He's just been walking with Dekla. Good luck. I'm fucking fast as hell. I'm, I'm just, like, trying to keep up, bumbling through the forest. Yeah, I'd, I'd be helping. Come on. It's just a, it's just a log. Come on. It's a good job that uh, that Kazni's not, uh, not doing the tracking, because if Darren was immediately behind Kazni, Kazni would probably accidentally flick a tree branch in his direction or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> How very clumsy of me. I, I, I do apologise. Yeah, so Kathleen, you're at the back, right? Um, I assume so, since I said I was behind Dawn and Declan and Darren are at the front. Roll me a d20, please. Uh, what is it anything in particular? Because if it's like a perception... Where did you roll? It's a five. Is Do I get any modifiers on that? Is it, is it perception? And that's for me to know and you to find out. I guess not then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you continue walking and the further in you go, the more quiet it gets. There is rustling, but the trees are high and it's very high up. 
You don't really hear anything. Not even the ooh of an of an owlbear. No, not even a screech of an owlbear. You do hear. You do hear your own footsteps. Can we hear the river? No. Oh, that's unhelpful. Hmm. No, but you keep going north, and by now, it's dark in here. I mean, it's dark in here because it's a forest and there's trees, but Decla, from <laughs> from what you can tell, because you know you've lived in a forest, you and so you can sort of tell even with the dark trees as they are. It's about nine in the morning right now, so you've been walking through the woods for a while, and it's just more trees. And other trees, and new trees, and more trees. There's so much trees in this forest. <laughs> <laughs> can you almost can't see the forest for all the trees? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna uh, look out see if I can figure out what time it is from the sun. Yeah, I just said it's uh, about nine in the morning. Yeah, but I want to see if the sun reflects. Yeah, it does. Good. We are not in some crazy forest realm yet. Yeah, actually, Dekla, roll me a d20. Got that. That's an 18. We are in realm number 18. The forest ass land. The X-Files theme starts playing. (laughs) Dekla says with full confidence to Darren, (laughs) we're in the forest ass lands. (laughs) Yeah, along your way, you finally... Reached a stream. It's not re- It's not really a river. It's more of a stream. How long roughly have we been traveling by this point? Two hours? Yeah, roughly two hours. You've reached the stream and now you've been told to follow it east. Dawn immediately heads off east. Hopefully making faster time now that we're not obscured by a forest. And as you're following the stream, eventually you come across a grove of trees. And there's a ugh, this weird feeling around them. There's a weird feeling around the trees. Do we all get the weird feeling? We do, don't we? Yeah, you all you all get the weird feeling. It's like it's like somebody's watching you. All of you, roll me a perception check. Uh sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Uh that's an eight. Mm-hmm. Ten. Mm-hmm. I never do good on perception checks for some reason. Eleven. Not good. Okay. Yeah, you look around and but Don, you're the only one who thinks to look up. You see this strange wooden Carvings? Dolls? They're carved from twigs and they're dangling from the branches in the trees. Oh. Um, can I make an arcana check on that? You do? Uh, 14 plus 5 is 19. Mm, there does seem to be something magic about them, but uh, tough to tell what. Um, but Dawn would know what these are, yes? They're not an uncommon way of doing this. You have no idea what their purpose is. I don't know what their purpose is, but I know that they are used for ritual magic, I'm guessing. You know that they are used for magical purposes, yes. But I don't know what they do. No. It could be anything, really. Dawn clears his throat and goes, What are those? And he's obviously looking up into the trees. I mean, I certainly don't think uh, I would recognize what they are, No, you wouldn't. I don't think I would either. No, you wouldn't. Casney? Gasney, what would they? What would they be known of? Like, would they? Would they be like an arcana or a history or religion or? I'd say arcana, but because you're you and you've traveled a lot, you can. I would also let you do history. 
Oh, natural 20. Nice. Okay, then I'll, nat- I'll natural 20 and that's our car. I'm going to go with Arcana. The best you can tell, this is used to sort of mark a specific area. So that uneasy feeling you're getting, this is because you've entered into a zone. And that's the best you can tell. Even with a natural 20. Kastny will say that these uh, these fetishes are used to mark out an area. I'm not sure what for or how large this area might be, but uh, I think we must be getting close to something. So they're like a ward spell? Oh! We may have entered the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> Very often the distance you hear a guitar riff. Can just faintly make it out. Okay, so... How do you proceed? Dawn asks his uh, on-site expert, will it harm us to keep going in? Uh, will I know this? You wouldn't, but yeah, you can always walk around it if you're worried about that. It's not like a large, it's like a grove of trees. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's not, it's not. So it's like a clearing in the woods, which have these fetishes hanging from the trees. Yeah, it's not like a clear. Uh... We're in it right now, right? Yeah, you just stepped in, you're right on the edge of it. What else is in this clearing? Like, does the ground look like it's overgrown with anything? Convenient gravestone? Lake? Nothing that you can tell. How old do these these uh, look? A bit weathered, but not really super old. Recent or old? Um, I mean, they're not like ancient, if that's what you're asking. Is the wood dry, or is it the wood fresh? Oh uh, no, it's dry. It says... Should we just go around? That might be for the best. Just in case. Mm-hmm. It's really, um, I can't exactly tell what these are precisely for, but, uh, I mean, it's probably better to go around them if we can. Yes, let's avoid the little dolls hanging off the wood. Let's. Uh, we skirt around, keeping the, uh, stream in sight. Yeah, you skirt around it. Takes you about half an hour through the brush. Damn, big clearing. It's not really a clearing, it's more of a... Okay, it takes you like 15 minutes. Let's say, I don't know. Like, I'm basing it off the size of a field near the forest near my house, so... Yeah, it takes like 15 minutes to rejoin the stream and you keep your eyes out and you see where the fetishes are all around this clearing and you make sure to stay on the other side of it, outside of the clearing. So you make your way back to the stream and you continue following it. And after about another half hour, you come across an overgrown clearing in the woods. And in the middle of it, you see a building, a squat and functional building that sort of, sort of rises to a stone dome at the top. It's about three stories high and covered in vines. And it's made of sort of a whitish stone. Is it the same color as the brick that we were shown? Yes. Dawn looks at Declan and says, Do you recognize this uh, aesthetic for a temple design? Not really. No. Pretty big as well, isn't it? I was expecting like a brewer or something. It certainly seems to be moderately intact. It's like three... Three stories tall. Okay, and as you near it, you pass like a low stone fence 
into the clearing in front of it, in front of the entrance. And that's where we're gonna leave it off for today. Dice Out Now Game is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Our intro and outro music is Bells by Fake Cats Project. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at Dice Out Now Game on Twitter, where you will also find links to our personal accounts. If you can, please rate and review our podcast, and tell your friends about us. Now. Game! Game!